welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, how are we doing on this Wednesday morning? Very good. Um, yeah, I got plenty of stuff happening last night. Uh, went out to a couple different games you and I both did. Um, kind of getting ready for this upcoming week. We got a lot of things going on tomorrow. Um, seems like everything except football is happening tomorrow. And then we have football Friday, so it'll be another fun week ahead. Um, kind of an interesting football schedule this week because there are no home games. So we're going to go on a little road trip for um, this week. Yeah, I, I, I know even just looking weeks ago, we were kind of shocked at that. We're like, of the seven teams we cover, one is on by, one is on a Saturday, and all five <laughs> are Friday around the road. So um, Brian's going to trek up to Little Falls for that one to see Albany. Um, who we haven't got to see since week one. Um, and that that's the closest one, basically. Tech's at Monticello, which is, you know, about the same distance for us here. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's that's the game you'll be grabbing um, to kind of see what they're looking like after a couple kind of surprising losses. So we'll see how uh, Albany rebounds this week for you um, and kind of wrap up, wrap up the weekend, I guess, in a little bit different way. And then Cathedral will be the one playing on Saturday, and then Apollo's on a bye. So, um yeah, it's going to be kind of a weird one, but we're still going to make our picks as usual um, to start the podcast today. Um, we'll get to those in a minute, but Brian's kind of making up a little headway, which I personally don't like um, and is always dangerous. So uh, it's really it's one game separates all three of us through this is now technically four weeks we've been picking. So um, it's competitive, which is always good, makes it a little more fun. So we'll go through all of those picks while we do that. We'll give a little bit of thoughts on the games we we're at last week, Sock Rapids, Alexandria for Brian and Ricori Apollo for myself. Um, and then in the second half of the show, we'll get to some of the other sports we've been out at this week where Brian was at girls swimming, also volleyball. I was at girls soccer last night. So um, we'll do a little bit of check in on those sports um, and kind of how the conference seasons are looking. And now that we're starting to, not quite approach sections, but we're kind of halfway through the regular season for a lot of these sports. Um, so we're starting to get a little bit better perception what that might look like. And then we'll finish with um, a couple college news and notes that I'll fill you in on too. But um, we'll start with our picks as has become custom. Brian, do you want to tell about the standings before we get rolling here? Uh, I went 6-0 last week. That's that's all that matters. That's I mean, all. So we're not even going to get That's all that matters. Oh, okay. I mean, so, um, no, I, I, I did go 6-0, so I was very proud of myself for that. Um, I'm not going to let it get to me because the last time I went undefeated on a week, I went like 3-3 three and three the next week. So um, we're not going to let it get to my head, but it's nice. Um, you and Dave both went 4-2, and two, and so therefore Dave is now currently sitting at 15-5, and five, um, and then you and I are both tied at 14-6. and six, So... Um, made my way a little bit closer to the pack, and um, this week it seems like there could be a couple matchups that might have some uh, different opinions between the two of us um, and between Dave. Um, but be interested to see if anything kind of changes as we get head into Week Five next week. So I already have six. Lo- I think I went thirty-four and four last year. And I already have six losses, man. <laughs> you know what? I, I saved, I guess I used it all up last year. That's what I'm already noticing. Yep, you did go 34 and four. Yep. Oh, boy. You had, you had four. You had one loss in week one, two, three, and four. And then you went undefeated week five, six, and then the two playoff rounds. 
So mighty. maybe you just need to get into like the closer, you know, closer towards the end of the season, and maybe you'll hit that undefeated streak. You know. Yeah, I can tell myself that, I guess, but I'm not <laughs> sure how that's gonna go. But Brian uh, did not do that, by the way. No. Brian did not. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna start um, with your. Let's start with your game last week. Um, Sock Rapids against Alexandria. Sock Rapids gets the win in that one. They move to three and zero. You know, a big start for them, but also a couple injuries that um, are significant with some um, important players for them. Do you want to just talk about um, kind of who those were and how it might affect them going forward the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I, kind of a scary, scary incident that happened on Friday night um, for just me as a, as a journalist. I, it's something I've never seen before. Um, but Alex Heron in the third quarter got hit pretty good. Um, and kind of hit the ground, and he didn't move. Um, and usually when it comes to injuries, you can typically see a player like moving its, their, their legs or moving their arm or just swaying side to side or whatever it may be. But um, Alex wasn't moving. And when it comes to that, you kind of get a little bit um, – takes your breath away because you, you never, you never want to see a, a player laying down on the ground like that, um, let alone a player laying on the ground, period. Um, and so they, you know, the athletic trainer ran out there uh, along with the Alexandria athletic trainer ran out there too. Um, they all kind of attended Alex for quite a bit and then they called an ambulance as a precautionary measure, um, just because it was a neck injury, um, that they wanted to make sure nothing happened. Um, but when he got taken off the field, um, a sack rapid source told me that, you know, he was moving everything. There wasn't any paraliz- par- paralyzing, um, situations or anything like that. Um, and they were going to get him re- evaluated at the hospital. Um, his dad actually sent me a direct message on Twitter just to let me know that, you know, he's doing okay. He was, he was, um, released from the hospital, um, on Friday night, late Friday night, um, with a concussion and a neck stinger, which, you don't really know what a neck stinger is. It's basically like a muscle, I, I, I guess, worse than like a pinched nerve, I would say, because um, it lingers for a long time. Um, and so, um, but I think he's definitely uh, definitely fortunate um, just with the incident that happened. Um, and I'm hoping that maybe he can get back onto the field sooner than later, because I know that's something that Alex really wants during his senior year is to get back on that field. Um, he's definitely going to have to pass a couple concussion protocols and things like that um, beforehand. But, yeah, just a very scary incident, but very happy that, you know, it wasn't anything as serious as what people might have thought when he got hit. Yeah, and I know even um, besides Alex, who's been, you know, their best running back, also a really good option as a receiver too. Bryce Lund, he had a rib injury that brought him out of the game too um, that we'll have to see kind of when he's back as well. So um, missing a couple um, weapons, but they were still able to get the job done against Alexandria. Um, Dominic Mathias, he ran in for three touchdowns again like he did um, in week one. Uh, can, threw for his most yards, year, I believe 280 yards through the air. Um, and just and continued to be kind of that reliable option back there that that the storm needed. Yeah, and then I mean, you kind of talked about the offense defensively. Um, Sock Sock Rapids showed exactly what they've been doing all season long. Um, I know they put up a few points, or Tech was able to put up a few points, but I know that was like their second defense um, and not their first. But um, the storm looked really good defensively, uh, just as much as they looked offensively. Um, 
I mean, they should be in the top five for rankings um, in Class 5A just because they're undefeated. They've beaten some really good teams um, and not only beaten them, but, you know, have won in a way that shows that they dominate. Um, And, I mean, they're looking really good. Um, And I think the the main test is going to be when they play Moorhead in October. I think that's going to be one of the big matchups as we – get closer to the end of the regular season. Um, I think these next couple of games, they should win. Um, Obviously, you don't know until the game's done, but I think Stock Rapids will definitely be a favorite heading into the next couple of weeks before they play Moorhead. Um, I believe that's October 8th, I think. So, or it's October 15th, one of the two. But but yeah, overall, a really good game for them. Um, They play Cambridge Isanti this upcoming week. Um, Cambridge Isanti actually played tech last week and won 21 to nothing. Um, and so just kind of a, you know, it, it should be a good matchup. They, they lost to Elk river week one, they lost to St. Francis, but then they were able to put up a, a, a goose egg um, against tech to, to win that ball game. So um, not really sure much about Cambridge Isanti because I didn't realize that they play so many of our local teams. <laughs> so I'm still kind of getting more familiar with Cambridge Isanti, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, they'll be hitting the road over there for, for that game Friday night. Yeah, I mean, that game against Moore, like you mentioned, October 15th is going to be um, huge. Because just at least early on here, it looks like Sock Rapids, Moorhead, they're both still undefeated. Um, those are going to be the two teams. Only a six, I believe only a six-team section so um, that they're in this year in 8-5A. So, I mean, that, there's a very good chance that that game is going to decide who has a home game if they, we would see them both in a section final, which when you're traveling, you know, two, three hours like that um, for, I guess it could be, I guess it would be a neutral site probably, but still, I mean, I guess we don't know where it's going to be, but still just being able to get the one seed and have the easier path is going to be big um, come that time. And that's probably where it's going to be decided, but they still have to take care of business. Like you mentioned the next couple weeks, the, the thing that stands out to me the most, just looking at their stats from this year is that, in the first quarter, they've outscored teams 42 to nothing. First half, 70 to 6 so yeah. far this year. Um, it's just insane what they've been able to do. So um, they jump on teams early, they shut them down early, and then they're able to kind of um, coast from there through these first three weeks. So we'll see if they can continue rolling that through the next games. But um, until I see otherwise, I mean, I'm going to be picking them in this game against Cambridge. I mean, Cambridge did beat Tech 21 to nothing. Well, Sock Rapids put up like more points than that in just the first quarter when they played Tech. So, um, and with how the storm been looking, I expect them to play similarly to, to how they have through those three weeks. We'll see what it looks like with a couple different pieces on offense, but they have plenty of skill position players to make, make up the gap for at least a couple weeks till they might get guys back. So I'll take Sock Rapids in this one. Yeah, Dave and I will be taking Sock Rapids as well in this. Um, just, I mean, Cambridge Isanti looked good against tech but also um sock rapids was basically destroyed tech um a couple weeks ago so um i mean i think i think they should have a easier task um hitting the road and, and playing cambridge isanti and then they'll be back home for a couple games so that'll be kind of nice to to have one road game and then be able to come back home and, and have a couple more um home games for for the first part of october yeah and another team that heading on the road this next week for actually the last time of the regular season, funny enough, is Ricori, who um, they were able to get a 22 to nothing win over Apollo 
last week. That was the game I was at. So that was their first game at Blattner Stadium. So they're going to head one week here to Chisago Lakes. And then their final three games are going to be at home. So a nice stretch coming up for them to hopefully they're going to try to get some wins against them. Some pretty talented teams as well um, might be able to help being at their new stadium. But for this game, yeah, I mean, the there was a game happening, but kind of the pomp and circumstance was what kind of took over. You know, the week leading up, even the festivities before, they, were, they cut the ribbon to the stadium about hour 15 before the game, and there was lines for 30, 40 minutes of people just to come through the gates. Um, it was insane. I, I literally parked so far away, and I got there literally earlier than I ever have. So um, <laughs> just the entire town, the entire area was just pumped for this. And the bleachers are gigantic, and they were almost completely full. Students were from top to bottom in one of the sections. Um they, um, you know, they had so many different things they did. They honored um, um, prisoners of war and missing in action soldiers. And they even had um, someone that had been. I can't, I can't remember if it was Korea or Vietnam. But I think it might have been Vietnam. But there was a local person that had been a prisoner of war, too, that they honored before the game. And they have all this going. They now have their, um, you know, digital score. I mean, uh, video scoreboard as well. So they're able to play video on it. They're able to play stuff of people coming out. They're able to play. It's just insane compared to what it was even just two years ago. So um, they had fireworks after each touchdown. I mean, the, the list goes on. But even with all of this happening, um, Apollo was the one that came to play right from the jump as well. They go down. They put together a really nice drive, almost five minutes. Um, first drive of the game, they go down and score. Record comes back with their own five-minute drive and score. And kind of at that point, you know it's going to be um, just a great grinded-out game. And um, in the end, Ricori did get the win. Um, it, it mainly came from the first play of the fourth quarter after Ricori could do nothing offensively the entire third quarter. Jack Spanier throws a 70-yard touchdown pass um, to Hunter Nistler that just barely beats the Apollo defensive back, and he kind of slips going up for it. And Hunter had no one, uh, just green grass in front of him to kind of finish the score. So, you know, Ricori, they got the play they needed. They got stops in the fourth quarter and they needed. They had the ball the last four or five minutes and ran out the clock, didn't give Apollo a chance. Um, so they did the job they needed, but at the same time, I was just incredibly impressed with Apollo, how they moved the ball, um, how they were able to make plays um, on the ground with Andrew Carl's running or him finding a, a litany kind of a receivers. Even though they didn't have any big plays like other weeks, uh, they still were able to kind of move down the ball. And, you know, Ricori is a top five ranked team in 4A and they took them to the brink. So um, Apollo still has a lot to offer this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was kind of one thing that I said in my takeaways last week was about Andrew Carls. I mean, he's a leader for Apollo, and he's been showing it nonstop this year. Um, he, you know, obviously Apollo broke that 15-game losing streak against Big Lake on September 10th, um, and they were very close to getting that winning streak going um, last week against Ricori. Um, Carls has a total of 748 passing yards. He has six t- passing touchdowns. He also has run for almost about 300 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns. I mean, he's been, and on top of that, a lot of quarterbacks typically sit when the defense comes out. No, he's the safety. He's 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 playing on on both ends of the ball, which is exceptional. I mean, for for a quarterback to be able to do that. So, um, I think this bye week is definitely necessary. I think it will help him a lot. Um, just you know, get some get some rest be able to have a weekend off um, and then kind of hit the ground running as they get ready for the last four weeks of the regular season. And then they start playing um, sections, but 
Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely think Apollo could very well have been three and one if things went a different way. I mean, you lose by one against Wilmer, you lose by two against Ricori, you know, and, and I know for you, you were kind of talking about the fourth quarter has been a little troubling for the Eagles um, during the season. Um, maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's just basically that, you know, they've been able to, to both games, they've put up, uh, both games have been at, they put up two touchdowns in the first half and either have been um, tied or, you know, just down a point at halftime. And I think both games as well, Wilmer week two and then this week, um, well, I guess week one or every one to call, I'll call it week two, their second game and then their fourth game against Ricori, both ones they've scored um, a really nice drive pretty early on in um, the third quarter as well right away. But then after that, they haven't been able to put any points on the board. And um, in the Wilmer game, they had the ball a ton of times that they just couldn't convert. This game, um, they only, I think, had maybe two drives in the fourth quarter, if I remember correctly. Um, but nothing that really went really far downfield in this one or, you know, really had something that they sustained. So um, being able to kind of get in those spots and just score late is, is going to be big. Because clearly they've proven that um, they're going to be contending with these teams at the end no matter what. So if they're able to put together some of those drives like they did um, beginning of halves or in that second quarter, first quarter, um, they're going to have success because, I mean, once they're able to do that, I think they can kind of play with anyone. I mean, just this year entirely, they haven't scored a single point in the fourth quarter. Um, they've scored 47 in the first, 14 in the second, 18 in the third, um, and zero in the fourth quarter. So that's something that's obviously got to change if they want to, if they want to keep winning even more games against talented teams. But, um, their, their schedule is definitely front half loaded too. Um, so I would expect them to be able to rattle off a couple wins in these final four weeks as we kind of head into sections, and then it'll get really interesting. Yeah, and, and speaking about the bye weeks, I mean, I know it's something that usually we don't really deal with because we don't really have zero weeks up here a whole lot, but this year we have four, so um, four teams that are doing bye weeks. So um, Apollo is this week, um, and then on week six, on October 8th, Tech will have their bye week. And then Sartell and Ricori will have their bye weeks, week seven um, on October 15th. So um, some of it is good. I mean, talking to Michael, um, their head, the Apollo head coach, he even said it's kind of nice to have it halfway through the regular season because you can kind of, you know, figure out what you were doing, figure out what you need to do to get ready for the second half of the season. Um, it would probably, in my eyes, it would probably suck. I mean, for like, Becker, Becker had theirs week week one, um, like uh, during Labor Day weekend. So basically, you play one game, you win, then you have the week off, and then you have to play the rest of the entire season. So um, that one, I don't really get. Um, Tech might be also kind of a little bit not so good, just because you get one week off, but then you have to play two more regular season games and then start sections. Whereas like week seven, you play one more regular season game. Then you start sections. So, um, I mean, it, it, it's kind of up for debate, I guess. But, um, but yeah, Apollo will be off this week, um, and then they'll be coming back next week to play at Tech for Tech's homecoming game, um, which will be a fun one for sure. So, um, but then, like you said, um, Ricori will be playing at Chisago Lakes this upcoming weekend, um, this upcoming Friday, and I think that'll be a good one. I, I mean, um, you're talking about two teams that have won similar games and similar matchups. Um, you know, obviously, Ricori beat Delano 15-7 to in overtime. Um, Chisago Lakes lost to Delano 27-6 to in week one. 
um, or zero week, uh, and then they were they they beat Big Lake, which I mean I would expect Record to probably beat Big Lake later on this this season, um, and then they only lost to Becker for twenty one to fourteen. So I mean they've been very close games um, if they do lose, and so I think this will definitely be a a close one for sure. Yeah, I think I think you might have said twenty seven to six, but twenty seven to twenty six it was, I believe. Oh. Yep, thank you. In week one, so yes, I mean, like, and it, and like you said, record went to overtime with Delano. So clearly, the, just a kind of on paper there, um, they're pretty even. Last week against Becker, they only lost by seven. They got down fourteen, uh, down fourteen points in the first quarter, tied it. Becker took back the lead, and then there was no scoring in the fourth. So um, it's going to be really competitive. Um, Recory, they did show some nice things last week. The rushing game, especially in um, week three. Um, against Sartell, it definitely came on a lot more. There still were a couple moments where they were able to run the ball. That's something that last year took about four or five weeks to get rolling. Talking to, to Coach Herberg after the record game, I think they're hoping that's kind of, it follows that same formula. They're going to be able to run the ball better because that's just going to give them more options because right now Jack's scrambling a lot back there and he's really good at making people miss, but also it um, makes it hard to sustain drives sometimes. So um, they, they were able to get a lot of big plays through the air against Apollo, but I don't think that's that's really how they want to run their offense. They want to be able to control the ball more, control the pace more, take some time off the clock and such. So um, I th- it sounds like from him, they're just happy that the stadium thing is, it was awesome, but it's done. They can move on. It can just be kind of the new normal for them. Um, so we'll see kind of how they adjust to that going back on the road the last time. I'll pick Ricori in this one. It's going to be tight. It's going to be close. Um, but I think the Spartans will be able to get it done. Um, and then, if they're able to do that, um, you know, Hutchinson's going to be waiting for them the following week, number one team in the state. So um, it's going to be a tough stretch here for the Spartans. And homecoming, too, um, for Ricori. But, yeah, Dave and I will be taking Ricori as well. Um, I think for me, it's just I've picked against Ricori and they've won, and then I don't pick against Ricori. Or I've, I've picked against Ricori and they've won, and then I've picked – Ricori and they've lost so I think I'm just going to pick Ricori and then hopefully they win so there you go um hard-hitting analysis here (laughs) yeah yeah exactly right um so yeah so I think I think that'll be good and um I definitely think it'll be a close matchup for sure but looking at what Ricori has been able to do this season they've won an overtime game they've won a close game against Apollo they know how to close out games and I think that will help them as they get ready for this uh, last road game of the regular season against Chisago Lakes. And next we have uh, Sartell at Wilmer. What do we think of this one, Brian? Um, yeah, Sartell, they they went up against Brainerd last week, uh, lost 35-6 to at home. Um, they are on the road for the next three of their last four games, and their next one is against Wilmer. Um, Wilmer uh, beat Big Lake 65 to nothing last week uh, and had a really good game, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, they got that close win against Apollo um, week one. They lost to Hutchinson, um, number one team in the state, 40 to 14. So um, they're kind of on track to kind of look like what they were expected to be probably right now. Um, and... Honestly, it's hard to it's hard to pick Sartell just because they haven't been able to generate any offense, um, and their defense hasn't been it hasn't really been there. I mean, they've given up 
35 against Brainerd, 20 against Ricori, 27 against Sock Rapids. So, I mean, you're talking about seven, 82 points in three games. I mean, that's you can't win a ball game if you if you give up that many points. So, um, and they've only uh, they've only scored six in those three games, and that was against Brainerd last week. So, um, yeah, I, I I guess I need to see some type of offensive production, and I need to see some type of shutting down defenses before I can pick Sartell. So this week. Um, both Dave and I will be picking Wilmer. Yeah, I'm going to be going with Wilmer as well. Like you said, I mean, they just they just ran for seven touchdowns last week. Um, and obviously that's against Big Lake, who's had a tough start to their year. But yeah, I mean, with Sartell, if you're, you're giving up points like that, you're not generating any offense. Um, you don't have your starting quarterback that you expected. Um, it, it's going to be tough to win games. So it, we'll see if they can kind of bounce back, if they can show signs of life here these last couple weeks leading into sections to maybe um, have any type of, you know, kind of excitement or see if they can, you know, be a dangerous team come sections. But right now we haven't seen that the last couple weeks. So until we do, we would be probably picking against them most weeks. So I'll be picking Wilmer in this one. Definitely. And heading into our next matchup, um, Tech at Monticello. That is going to be a game that um, I think will be, um, I mean, Tech has not been able to, show much this season. I mean, they're 0-4. Um, they obviously put up 21 points against Sock Rapids, but that was also, like you said, on their second defense. So they weren't playing like their top defense. Um, they put up zero against Cambridge Isanti, and they've allowed... I, I can't even add that much. Um, 91, like... 134. 134? Okay, there yep. you go. 134 points in four games. So, I mean, I think it's the same thing as Sartell. I need to see some type of defensive stop, and I need to see some type of offensive production. Um, it was nice to see that they put 13 against Moorhead, but they also allowed 49. So, I mean, it, it's it's hard to really put or pick them until I can see some type of, you know, offense. Because last week, you know, you have Garrison Murray, I think he threw for one completion for five yards. John um, John Russell had a really good game. He I think he ran over 100, and I think it was 119 yards or something like that um, on 30 attempts. Um, so he had a really good game, but also I, I, there's nothing on the scoreboard. So it's it's hard to figure out you know what what that's going to be like. But um, I'm I Dave and I are both picking Monticello. Um, Monticello is. Currently two and one. Nope. Sorry. That's not right. I don't know what they are. Hold on. I'm, I was looking at the wrong website. My bad. So they're two and one. Um, they just beat St. Francis last week, 30 to 28 in a close game. Their only loss came from Rogers, who was ranked top 10, um, I think, a couple weeks ago. I don't know if they're still in, in the top 10 now, but um, definitely a good team. They lost 35 to six against Rogers, and then they beat Buffalo the first week, um, 21 to seven. So, um, some good games for, for Monticello. And yeah, I think, I think they'll be able to beat tech, um, this week and we'll see what, what tech's able to, to produce, um, this upcoming week. Yeah. So I tried to pick tech as an upset last week and Brian caught me in the standings, overall standings. And that's a sign enough that I, I need to stop messing around and I need to just pick like I should. So, um, I'm going to pick Monticello in this one. I think they'll 
unless tech does something completely different and, sh- and shifts something, it's I think it's going to look a lot like the past weeks. Just there hasn't been anything. We haven't had any proof in four weeks to say otherwise. And now tech, they're on double-digit losing streaks, 10 games dating back to sections of 2019. So unless something shifts, this is going to kind of be how the season goes. So far in the first halves of um, their four games, they've been outscored 71 to nothing. Haven't put up any points in the first half of games. Um, and that's got to change as well. So um, for me, this is an easy pick for Monticello. Um, I thought tech could be the upset special last week and it was nowhere close to it. So um, I'm going to be going with Monticello this week. And then the final game on Friday, um, we have one more on Saturday, but the final game on Friday is Albany at Little Falls. Like we said, Dave and I will be heading out to that game. Um, Albany kind of on a shocking losing streak. Um, They haven't been on a losing streak since 2013, Um, and they lost to Watertown Mayor last week. Watertown Mayor was also opening up their brand new stadium, um, but they lost 32 to eight. Uh, Carter Beer was back; he actually scored the only touchdown for the Huskies. Um, and then it looked like Laquay Jefferson and Hunter Tate both both out last week. I don't know what their status is for this upcoming week, but um, I mean they looked really good against Holy Family when I watched them play for Week One. So it was, it's just been kind of shocking to see them not only lose, but lose by a good majority of, of points. Um, and Little Falls, they ha- are 0-3. <laughs> They've lost by a lot <laughs> the last couple of weeks. They they lost to Princeton 63-35. to They lost to Dasso-Cocado 47-7. to So, I, I mean, this should be a win for Albany. I'm picking Albany. Dave is picking Albany as well. Um, I just, I think this is a kind of a make or break type of game where you need to win this game because Little Falls is a less, you know, a less dominant team compared to you. So you're kind of the favorite heading into this game. And so, um, and also I think it's a big game because getting on a losing streak halfway through your regular season is not ideal. So it, it'll probably, you know, energize and get the guys confidence again as they head into, you know, the rest of the season. And hopefully it's kind of a switch that they turn on and, and can finish off the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, this is one they they have to be able to win. I know it's on the road. I know they've lost two in a row. But I think in that, of course, I know I went back and dug up that 2013 stat last week. And I'm like, there's no way they're going to they're not going to lose again. That's what. And then they did. So I think that year they lost three in a row, actually. It was kind of during the same stretch. So I know they're going to be trying to avoid that. Um and yeah, I mean, having Carter Beer back is huge, as we've seen. I think he's third in the area in rushing, and he's played half as many games as most of the other people. Um, so that's just a great option to have back. Um, they've had a lot of success against Little Falls in recent seasons. So um, I'm going to pick Albany in this one as well. Um, maybe you being back there will give them some luck. I don't know. They've they won their only game that you and Dave were at. So and they won every and they won when you and Dave saw them last year. They were undefeated. So um, I don't know. Maybe it's the the little touch they need, but. I would expect them to be able to take care of business. If not, um, it's going to be a long season for the Huskies. I think it's that simple. Definitely. No, I, I completely agree. And then lastly, our, our last game is Cathedral at Litchfield. They play at 2 o'clock on Saturday. So kind of a interesting um, setup there um, because we don't have a whole lot of Saturday games. Um, but this, this week is a little different. So um, Cathedral... Lost to Zimmerman last week, 21-13. to 
in a very close game. Um, seems like kind of one of my takeaways last week was Cathedral has been in tight games all season long. Um, and granted, one of them they were able to get the win against Foley 21-6, to but the other two, they haven't been able to kind of close out that game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they do against Litchfield. Litchfield's 3-0. and um, They're ranked in the top 10. They have shown that they can produce. Um, they've scored a ton of points um, from the looks of it, about 101 points in three games. Um, and they've only allowed 22 points in, in three games. So um, they beat Malacca 32 to eight. They beat Holy Family 48 to seven. So, and they just came off a 21 to seven win against Glencoe Silver Lake. So I think it'll be very interesting to see how Cathedral responds to a, a, a top 10 team like Litchfield. Um, they played uh, they played New London Spicer earlier in the season, and New London Spicer was definitely someone to kind of keep your head up about or you know watch for. Um, and they they kept it a, a, a close game for for most of the game. So um, so I think for Dave and I, we're picking Litchfield, but I'm very interested to see how Cathedral kind of handles a top 10 team like Litchfield. Yeah, I considered picking Cathedral just because we're going to have all the same picks, and that's no fun, but I am going to pick Litchfield <laughs> as well because I can't, you know, I can't just do it for for the LOLs and, you know, start, I can't do it for the LOLs and then start losing and fall into last place. If I'm in last place after this week, I'm going to be really, well, I guess I can't be now since yeah, we all have the same picks. So, well, you we, are in last place, but you're That's top. true. We can be joint last place, but instead of just doing that for fun, I am going to, I am going to pick Litchfield, but. Cathedral has played good teams close this year. Um, they've shown, you know, a lot of potential, and I think that's good because for their section, um, in Section 5 AAA, they have been in 6 AAA for a couple of years with Albany and Piers, New London Spicer, which is just a gauntlet. But they got moved to 5 AAA this year, and it's I think it's going to be a better shot for them. It's Malacca, Annandale, Pine City, Spectrum, Mora, Foley. Um, and of that, only two teams, Malacca and Annandale, have more than one win so far. So... Um, if they can start getting a couple wins, especially if they can beat a team like Litchfield, I mean, they're going to set themselves up pretty well for sections. Um, like we said, Litchfield's put up a ton of points, some big wins, going to be at home. Um, so I would expect them to be able to win the game, but I think just kind of, once again, like you said, the Cathedral's played close games. If they can even lose this in a close fashion, I think it's going to tell us a lot about them and kind of the strides they've made from, from past years. I know no one likes really moral victories, but... Um, just the way they've been able to compete this year has been totally different than some of the past seasons. So um, we've seen some pretty good things out of the Crusaders so far. Definitely. But I think that'll kind of wrap up football. Anything else to add, Zach? No, I don't think so. But yeah, like we mentioned, you're going to be at Albany Little Falls with Dave. And I sounds like I might be at college soccer or I might not be doing anything on a Friday night, which is going to feel too weird to be real. So I'm going to have to find something to cover probably because... It's just such an odd set of circumstances to have that many teams on the road, but that's just kind of how it that's kind of how it worked out this week. Yeah, definitely. Well, when we come back, um, make sure to stay tuned because we'll be talking a little bit about girls swimming and diving, some girls soccer, also some volleyball, and then we'll kind of wrap it up with college news and notes um, from Zach. Um, but uh, yeah, make sure to stay tuned. We'll be right back.
And welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Like Brian mentioned, we're going to get a little bit into talking about um, a couple high school sports, how their seasons are going as we hit the midway point here, uh, roughly. I know you were at Girls Swimming um, last Thursday, I believe. Um, we taught you had you mentioned you were going out there on last week on the podcast, but what did you kind of see from that Cathedral versus Albany matchup? It was a hot evening. Um, that St. John's pool is a sauna, um, but... It was very fun to go see them. Um, Cathedral and St. John's Prep, their co-op, went and took on um, Albany. So kind of a fun crosstown rivalry there. Cathedral and St. John's Prep won 125 to 61. Um, a really good performance by them. I think the main thing that I kind of took away from that was they just have a very deep team this year. Um, you know, you have Mary Morris, Ella Morris, Sophie Hong, um, Olivia Sheeler, Izzy Westling, Maddie Anderson, and Kate Zach. And like all of them all finished in like either got first place in one or two events that night. And then on top of it, you have another cathedral, you know, swimmer that's probably finishing second. It's the big part is, is, you know, you obviously want to get that first place spot, but getting second, third, and fourth as well is very important because it gives you those team points. So um, they did a really nice job with depth wise. Um, you know, obviously Albany also has some really good veteran, um, leaders in the sense of, you know, Emma, Emily McLaughlin, um, Katie Spanier, those types of swimmers. Um, and then on top of it, their diving team has been really good. Cathedral St. John's prep has a lot of gymnasts that came in to dive. Um, and you know, Maddie Anderson, she won the event. And then you have Brooke Hoffarth who also finished second for Albany um, and then you have Kate Zach, who finished third. And so, I mean, just some really good performances overall. Um, I think Cathedral St. John's Prep is definitely a team to kind of keep your eyes on as we head into um, true team as well as section tournaments because um, they, they could be sending a lot of girls to to state and potentially, you know, their team. Yeah, and a couple other scores from last Thursday. Um, Alexandria narrowly beats Sartell 97-89. to 89. Corey beat Apollo 138 to 48. Uh, Brainerd narrowly beat Tech 94 and a half to 91 and a half. Um, so some close matchups as well last week um, as we kind of, you know, continue to continue the grind of the regular season here. Yeah. And I know for you last night, um, I was over at volleyball, which we'll talk about later. But for you, um, you were over at Tech for that game against Wilmer. Maybe talk a little bit about that one. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, it was a game where Wilmer came out, they scored like two and a half minutes into the first half, and then no one scored the rest of the game. Um, and that was even with Tech creating, I would say, the most um, opportunities. Wilmer still did have a couple opportunities, but Tech took the most shots. Um, while in the first half, they took more shots, but most of them weren't shots that really had that good of a chance of going in. They were shooting from really far away, just kind of whenever they had any type of separation, they were shooting. In the second half, they had a couple times where... Um, they're able to kind of go on the counterattack, make a couple of good through balls and have a chance um, on goal or people running towards goal that the goalie for Wilmer just narrowly grabbed. There was even one that kind of rolled, kind of rolled to her. She stopped. It slipped out of her hands, rolled backwards, bounced off the post and rolled back to her again, even though like no one was around her. So like when that happened with like seven or eight minutes left, I'm like, yeah, there's no way there's no way. It's just not their night. So, um, <laughs> It's tough for Tech because this is the third time they've lost one to nothing in conference. They've lost to Alex Brainerd and Wilmer one to nothing, who are the top teams in conference. 
and even when they played a non-conference game against Cathedral, they tied 0-0. Zero to zero. So um, the big thing for them is just, and this is what they said before the season too, was scoring goals. And they've been able to do that against some of the lower teams like Ricori. They put up a ton of, uh, a ton of goals in a win. Um, against Apollo, they got rescheduled. They put up a ton of goals in that win. So it's just being able to, to score it all against some of these better teams is, is what's held them back. But, um, you know, when we get a little deeper into the season in those section games. I think they should kind of like they were in this one, be within a goal at kind of all times. It just depends if they can get that breakthrough, that big moment um, to kind of to either put them on equal terms or they have to go to overtime, see how that looks different or penalty kicks when you get into sections and stuff. It, it kind of brings a whole different dynamic. So um, there's, there was plenty of good stuff there. Um, it just, they, they just kind of had a tough time creating that, that big opportunity to level the game. Definitely. And I know for you, you'll be heading out to um, Ricori and Apollo Girls Soccer um, tomorrow on Thursday night. Um, Soccer Rapids Rice was able to get the 3-1 to victory against Apollo last night. Um, Emily Starr had two goals and an assist. Um, Sartell also beat Ricori 5 to nothing last night. Little Falls defeated Cathedral. Little Falls is undefeated this season, um, beating, beating them 2-1 to um, last night. And then a couple other scores from this week. Cathedral beat up Apollo on Monday night. Um, Hope Schuler had two goals and assist, and Peyton Mathiason also had two goals. Um, and then on Thursday last week, Sartell beat Fergus Falls 6-2. Bowie Turner had a hat trick of three goals and an assist. And Sock Rapids was shut out 2 to nothing against Alexandria. Maggie Fernholtz had, an, had a really good night with 21 saves on 27 shots. So... Um, there's a few different scores from the past week, um, but yeah, going to be interesting to see how the Ricori Apollo game is because um, both teams have kind of struggled er, um, this season. So be interesting to see who can come out with the victory on that one on Thursday night. Yeah, definitely. Especially neither team has won um, a game in two years. Um, Apollo's was in the section of 2019. Ricori uh, beat Apollo. I think it was two nothing earlier in that year in the regular season, but last year um, neither team got a game. They had a couple ties. I believe they tied when they played each other as well, um, and neither has got a win yet this year. So um, unlike other sports, when I can say, well, at least someone's going to win for sure this one, I can't say that yet. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I'm hoping one way or the other someone wins so they can kind of uh, break that streak and get that monkey off their back. Absolutely. And then heading into volleyball last night, um, I was over at Apollo for the Ricori Apollo match. Ricori was able to get the 3-0 victory. A big win for the Spartans just in the sense that um, they had a close loss um, in a 3-2 loss against Sartell on Thursday. They were able to beat Tech um, 3-1 last Tuesday. So two two wins in three games is kind of a good way to, to kind of head into the last part of the season. Um but Ricori has two setters that kind of work hand in hand, Michaela Winter and Ava Hirschfield, both of them kind of working um, together to get those sets um, to the hitters. And then just a lot of dynamic hitters for the Spartans. You were, I was able to see last night. Um, I think there was nine different girls that all recorded at least one kill last night. So just shows you kind of the variety and the depth that Ricori has as they um, – kind of get into the last part of I think they each both Apollo and Ricori have seven matches left in the regular season until they hit section tournaments and then Apollo the big name is no Noel Hackenmuller she 
Um, she kind of has been leading this Eagles team. She had 11 digs and eight kills last night. And then Jada Hansen, also a very tall um, outside hitter for the Eagles. She had seven kills, five digs, and three aces. So um, some good good numbers from them. Um, Sartell was able to get the three to one victory against Tech last night. As and then Albany, I think this is probably one of their first losses of the season. Um, lost three to one to Annandale last night. Um, a very good Annandale team. And then on Monday, um, Tech was able to get the three two victory against Becker. Um, Grace Carucho um, was able to get 22 kills and 16 digs, which is a phenomenal performance by Grace. Um, Arissa Peterson also had 43 assists, and then Sarah, Hans- uh, Sarah Harris had 20 digs. So um, some really good performances this past week. Um, you can check out sctimes.com. Um, I'll be putting out a story here momentarily um, on top performers from this past week um, to kind of give people a little bit of a lowdown on what's going on um, over the past week. So make sure to kind of stay tuned to sctimes.com. Um, we'll also have plenty of football content going on um, with previews happening as well as roundups and takeaways from the football games on Friday as well as Saturday. Um and just a bunch of different things. Um, we'll also have some coverage of St. John's football, which you were at last weekend. Um, maybe kind of talk a little bit about that and any other college news and notes that you have. Yeah, so they pretty pretty short and sweet last week, 55-7 to seven win um, over Martin Luther. They did, you know, St. John's did have a turnover on downs, a fumbled punt, an interception return for a touchdown in the first about quarter and a half, and then, they just totally locked in from there and it wasn't very competitive. So um, good to see that out of them. Um, good play from their offensive and defensive line again going into this week, which will be probably their toughest game of the regular season. They'll be going um, against number 13th ranked Bethel to open up their Mayak season. Um, a team that they've they've won, I think, their last six times. But before that, they'd lost either four or five in a row. So they've kind of taken back that series the later part of this last decade. But um, it's going to be close. Bethel's 2-0 and blew out both uh, teams they played. So um, this is kind of the, the one that most people have circled for this week. So um, that's going to be an exciting factor. Um, be writing about Ethan Stark. He's a, he's a Sartell graduate that's starting at a defensive back. Um, for the Johnnies, has had two good games so far and fastest guy on the team and is going to be kind of a huge factor. He played he has he played wide receiver primarily um, in college before this, before coming to St. John's, and has made the move to D back and has laid down some punishing hits I've seen, um, and is just a really good option for them back there. So that's someone to to keep an eye out for um, this week. Um, and yeah, it, it should be an awesome game. I'm really excited. Um, you know, the first game had eight thousand something people, a little lower last week, but I expect it to be up to our, another huge crowd. Um, hopefully, they get good weather for the third straight game. Um, coming up here, a couple other college things, um, St. Cloud state women's hockey division one, they have their first exhibition against Bemidji state already coming up. Um, I believe this Saturday it is. And then the following week they have their first regular season games. Um, men as well are going to be starting off pretty soon. Um, first of the month against St. Thomas. Um, they'll be at home for that. That'll be St. Thomas's first game in division one, St. Cloud state's first game at home again. Hopefully have a huge crowd for that with without people be getting to be able to to be at the games last year. So um, and then the following day on the second, they'll be at XL Energy Center um, facing St. Thomas as well. So um, that's all a lot coming up. Fall sports are continuing on. 
Um, one story I just got to came out uh, this morning in the paper yesterday online was coach about um, Sean Holmes. Um, he was kind enough to tell me his story about just a couple months after him and his family moved here in uh, 2020. His wife passed away suddenly from a, a brain hemorrhage. Um, and, you know, kind of how he's navigated with his three sons that are here, how they've navigated the last year in a, in a new town, in an era of COVID where you can't see other people or build those relationships as much. But um, St. Cloud State, they've started off their first um, men's soccer season. They've lost their first couple conference games on the road, but it's been pretty close. And um, on Friday night, they're going to have their first conference home game that I'm planning to be at. So um, I would definitely suggest reading that story as well. I was It was really cool to see how much he opened up about uh, what their life's been like this last year. Yeah, no, I would definitely encourage you to go look at the look at that story, as well as Zach was kind of on a roll this past week with just a bunch of different feature stories. Um, it seemed like he kept getting more and more and more, and he just kept doing more and more and more. So um, definitely check out SC Times. If you don't have a subscription, make sure to get one. That's the only way that you can read some of these stories, um, as well as some of the sports or the um, football content that's going to be coming out later on this weekend. So um but yeah definitely encourage you to get on sctimes.com follow us on um instagram and facebook and twitter um we we're going to be roaming around over the next few days and we'll be live streaming or live tweeting about a bunch of different stuff so um if you want to be informed that's the best way to go so um but other than that i think that kind of wraps up today don't you think zach yeah i think that should be good so like we said we're gonna um you know, I'll be out at soccer tomorrow. We recorded this on a Wednesday, so I'll be out at Recorea Apollo. I know you're going to be at some tennis and girls swimming tomorrow as well um, up in Little Falls for that Albany game Friday. And then um, I'll be at St. Cloud State Soccer on Friday, like I mentioned. I think they're playing Northwood University for that um, conference home opener. Um, and then on Saturday, Johnny's take on Bethel for a good game. So, yeah, we have we have a lot of great stuff coming up the next three days in the sports world. Definitely. So, um yeah make sure to stay tuned to sc times as we as we get ready for uh another fun weekend ahead absolutely so once again thank you for tuning in to the sc times sports report podcast and we will see you again next time